Hi, welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We're very glad you're joining us today and we hope this message inspires you, builds your faith and encourages you in the things of God. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. You know what, church? I'm so excited to move on now with the service. And I want to introduce our first speaker. He is a homegrown hero right out of this church. It's none other than Fletcher Finn. And just as he comes up to share, I want to say something uh, about this man. And I want to honor you, Fletcher, if I can. Fletcher Finn, you are one of the greatest encouragers in my life. This man has sent more text messages encouraging me, telling me to keep going than almost anybody else I know. Will you open up your heart to one of of the true gifts, I think, to the body here in Cork, with the true encouragers here? Fletcher, come man and just bless the people, bro. Thank you. Thank you for the lovely words. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I always keep saying excited. I need, I need to expand my vocabulary. I'm so ecstatic to be here and just be with you guys and just to share the love of Jesus with all of you there. I'm just really happy because there's so many people who are watching at home who I haven't seen in like a year. And so you probably haven't seen me in like a year as well. It's so good to talk to you. But what excites me even more is that there's loads of people watching who don't even have a clue who I am. And isn't it amazing that even in a pandemic that Jesus Christ is still reaching multiple people? There's many people out there who don't know who I am, who don't know many people who us in this church are, but I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. And if you're watching this, it's not by chance. It's not a mistake. You haven't just opened some random link. Jesus Christ wants you to know that he can change your life, that he can just basically like just come into your life and just make you a new person. And so basically here, I'm here just to tell you what my story. And my name is Fletcher, um, as, as Patrick was saying. And basically, I am 27 years old. I grew up in South Africa. So when I was seven, I moved, to South, I moved to Ireland from South Africa with my father. And so in South Africa, I grew up in a Christian family. I lived with my father and I lived with my grandmother. And they both were into church. My dad used to sing in church. My grandmother would go around praying for people. And I'd always go with her. So at a young age, I was kind of walking around with my grand not realizing how important it was to pray, understanding Jesus. And then when I was seven, my dad was like, we're moving to Ireland. And I was like so buzzing to go on an airplane and, and come across. I think it's always easier to move when you're a child because you, know, you don't really have anything holding you down. I have no wife and kids at home when I'm seven. I can just freely move to Ireland and, and make new friends in school. And so I moved to Ireland. And what I realized is that there weren't many of us black people here in Ireland. So I think in, in, in Balafia and Toka area, there was me and another guy called Rafa. So the benefit of not having many black people is everyone knew who I was. So when I'd walk down the street and they'd be like, oh, Fletcher, what's the story about? And I was like, what's happening? And I was able to just gain lots of friends by being like one of the only like black people around. But the kind of negative side of being one of only a few is that sometimes identity is hard to, to find. You know what I mean? You find out, who am I? Everyone you watch on TV doesn't really look like you. In your school, you're looking around and it's like, there's only like a couple of us here. Do I really fit in? What is my identity? Who am I? What kind of person am I going to be? And so I really, really struggle with identity. I really struggle with what people thought of me. I thought if they knew the real Fletcher, would they like me? So I thought I'm going to put on a mask. I'm going to speak like everyone else. I'm going to act like everyone else. Because I was like, if they really knew who the real me was, would they like me? Would they love me? So I, I, I felt the pressure to be someone else. I don't know if you've felt this. Maybe you're not the only black person in your workplace, but maybe you're the only person from certain parts of the city, or maybe you've moved somewhere new and you're a bit different. So maybe you're just unsure of who you are and you can relate with me and, and realize that 
sometimes you feel like you want to put on a mask because if they really knew the real me, would they really like me? And I really, really struggled with that. But when I was, like, in my teenage years, I'd go to church, and every day, every Friday, Pastor Stephen, the guy who was singing there, was my youth pastor. He'd say, Jesus loves you. Jesus want to change your life. It's like, I know this. But when it really clicked to me that Jesus Christ loves Fletcher Finn from Connolly Road in Palafian, it just opened my mind completely. I realized that if Jesus loves me, and if, like, I was the only person on this earth and the only way of music to heaven him dying on the cross, he'd have still came down and died for me. And when you realize that there's a Jesus that loves you so much and that died for you and, and, and that came down to earth and lived a life just like us and didn't sin and died on the cross for you, it opens my mind. I no longer had to wear a mask going to school. I no longer had to wear a mask going to college. And now at work, I can, I can, I can be freely myself because I'm like, there's a Jesus that loves me. And when you realize Jesus loves you, it opens so many doors for you. I, I, I can love whoever I want. I, I don't have to, I don't, when, I, when I love people, I don't have to look for something back because I'm like, there's a God that loves me first. And it just opens so many avenues by realizing Jesus is love and my identity is found in Jesus. So I no longer have to be like everybody else. You know, my, 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 my life is in Jesus' hands so I can freely give. It's like, oh, I don't want to give someone money. What if I don't? It's like Jesus has me anyway. There's so many aspects of your life that change when you realize Jesus loves you. And so I'm just here. My story is I was really insecure. I, I, I used to have to wear a mask. I, I didn't know who I was until Jesus found me. And Jesus said, Fletch, I love you. You're mine. You're my child. I'm not Fletch from who went to Christry in, in, in Tarnas Cross. I'm not Fletch oh, who, who did this. I am Fletch, Jesus' son. And I want you to know that you can have this too. If you're out there and you're feeling I'm wearing a mask, people don't really like me, Fletch. You might, I might work for you. It mightn't work for me. There's a God that loves you. And there's a God that's able to change your life. And I'm so excited for the other people who's going to come up and share their story. What I love about these services is that there's been a few of them and there's so many different stories. But the theme is the same. It's a Jesus that comes and changes everything. It's, we all grew from different parts of the world, different, diff- different parts of the city, different languages, different skin colors, but the same Jesus Hallelujah. who loves Hallelujah. each and every one of us the same. And if you're watching at home, this is your first service, or you've been here since we were back in Donnybrook Hotel uh, down, down the road in Douglas, God loves you the same. And you're as much part of the family, guys, if you're just brand new or if you're here the whole time. And that is, this is basically my story, that Jesus Christ came and changed my life. And he's able to change yours as well, guys. Um, and as Patrick said, hit that share button, get some views for this church because people need to know God loves them. Yeah. What, imagine everyone realized that there's a God that loved them, how much different the world would be. So that is my story, guys. And thank you for bearing with me and listening to me. And I'm introduced to the next person. And the next person is also from Connolly Road, Balafian. <laughs> it is my OLED. It is uh, Carol Finn. See you guys. Good morning, everybody. And I, too, am at home every Sunday watching the service, and I love the My Story service. So I really pray that you'll be blessed this morning with my testimony. Um, I have to say a shout-out to Jerry Doyle, because um, Honest Moments um, is, is, a, is a catchphrase now that we all have. And um, I was in the car going to work the other morning, and I was praying, and I just said, Jesus, use me. I want to be closer to you. I want to, I want you to to use me um, in my life. I just was feeling, you know, a bit distant, a bit far away. And wouldn't you know, I got a phone call to ask me to come and share my testimony this morning. So. God has a sense of humor and he answers our prayers and we have to be obedient when, when we pray something and when God answers, we have to be obedient and we have to, um, you know, to, 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 uh, to give him the, the, the praise, give him the praise and the glory because he's, 
And actually, I want to start off with, um, I, want to, I want to open the way the Nigerians give their testimonies, because I think it's, it's fantastic. So if you don't mind, I'm going to just sing, He knows my name, He knows my every thought, He hears, He sees each tear I cry, and hears me when I call. And that is our testimony, you know. We, um, he, lists, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us. He knows me better than, I know, than my husband knows me. He knows me better than my kids know me. He knows everything about us. And he's listening to us all the time. And we forget it sometimes, but he is. He's there. Um, I, uh, well, I'm not going to share my age. <laughs> but... but um, but I, I, I grew up in a Catholic home and um, we went to Mass and I even remember um, age 10 or, or 11 going down every Saturday to confession and I sang in the choir and I, 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 I did the dutiful, you know. I, I went along and I went through the motions but it was really meaningless to me. Uh, the gospel was, was incomprehensible, to be honest. You know, I didn't understand... He died for me. What did that mean? I didn't understand how uh, a person on the cross could have anything to do with me. It just didn't, it wasn't explained. It was always said, you know, he died for us, he died for us. But it didn't really make any sense at all. So I drifted away from the church at a very, probably 13. I started smoking fags out the back. And, you know, on the way home, then we'd say, what was the gospel about? What was the gospel about? What was the sermon about? Because we had to, we were tested when we went home then. You know, what was the sermon about? Who preached? And so we had to find out that little nugget of information. And I, I, I really went through the next couple of years um, as an atheist, I suppose, you know, kind of because most of my friends were becoming atheists. And we, we, this was the sort of cool thing to be. And um, we, 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 we drifted through, you know, um, drifted along and really didn't believe in anything. In fact, I, I actually believed that anyone who believed in God was weak and needed God just as a crutch, that they were, you know, that they were obviously not as strong as me. Uh, and I felt, you know, that I was very independent and I traveled a lot. And um, for the next couple of years, I, I, I was drinking heavily. I was doing, living for myself. I was t utterly selfish. I was doing everything, searching for that next high, that next um, release. I don't know what I was looking for, really. I was looking for a man. I was looking for happiness. I was looking for the next high, really. And Everyone, everywhere I went, and I, I lived in a few countries, every country I went to, I kid you not, I was approached by someone who invited me to a Bible lesson. And I, I honestly, I used to think, am I wearing the word sucker across my face or what? I, I couldn't believe that here I was again in this other country and people, it was just, God has a sense of humor. He really does. He was really pursuing me. I, I, I really can see that now. I lived with Christians, I, I met Christians. Everywhere I went, I met people who were reading the Bible and, and it was something totally foreign to me reading the Bible. Anyway, I, um, one night, I went, some friend of mine dragged me along to a rugby disco. I was not a rugby, um, a rugger hugger, we call them here in, in, in Ireland. I was not a rugger hugger at all. And um, don't you know, I, I met um, a strange chap from South Africa. He was... Um, uh, a rugby player, and um, we, uh, we, 
began a pen, a pen pal friendship, which young people will have to explain what that means. That's before mobile phones, before Snapchat. We actually used to write letters to each other. And in these letters, um, he would share the gospel with me and he would be telling me about foreign concepts to me like tent crusades and gospel crusades and all night prayer meetings. And I hadn't a notion what all of this was. I just knew he was a Jesus freak and I would try and steer the conversation in the other direction. And he um, moved to Ireland and Fletcher came with him. And even when uh, he was living here in Ireland, the conversation always came around to Jesus. And I was, can we talk about something else? But no, he would steer it back to Jesus the whole time. And slowly and slowly, God was chipping away. I was a hard nut. I really was. I was an atheist. I didn't believe this rubbish. And I, I really, really found that um, there was, you know, he wasn't going to crack me. I was almost like, almost battling with God, you know. You're not going to crack me. I'm not that weak. And what happened was, Fletcher was only seven or eight. And um, it was the first Sunday that, that he was here. And we were going to there was a decision I had to make, you know, am I going to say to Fletcher, I don't go to church, I don't believe in that, or am I going to pretend, because it's very hard to explain to an eight-year-old, no, daddy believes on that, and, and, and I don't. So I went to church just just for, for Fletcher's sake, just so that, you know, that he wouldn't be asking too many questions, really, that I wouldn't be able to answer. And, you know, we went to this small little church, and the gospel was preached, and it really was my first time hearing the gospel. Well, I suppose it wasn't the first time, but it was... It was making sense. And we went to the city hall to a, a crusade. Gavin and Jacintha were singing there. And uh, Noel Kenny was preaching. And Noel is a, is a, was, a hard, was a hardened um, heroin addict. And I, I wasn't a heroin addict, but his message rang true to me. It was my first time really hearing that sin had made me come far away from God, that God wasn't able to, you know, wasn't able to reach me because of the sin that I had brought into my life and it was my really first time hearing that yes that this man took on sin and he was the sacrifice he was the the pure lamb and that he paid the price for my sin and it was really like uh, I had been living in black and white and suddenly I could see the world in color and that night I, I I really opened my heart and I said okay I think this is true I think this really is 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 the real, real real meaning of the gospel, and um, that's twenty years ago. I feel I used to think I was a baby Christian, but I'm I, I can't say that I'm a baby Christian anymore. So, um, and I, I really want to be honest here. You know, I I've beaten myself up a lot about this because I can't say hand on heart that I've actually led anyone to the Lord. And I remember Sharon Donovan saying to me one time. There's only one thing better than leading someone to the Lord. I said, what's that? Leading two people to the Lord. <laughs> she's, she's got her dad's wit. And, you know, really, I, I, I can, you can be very hard on yourself. You know, I should be doing more. I should be doing more for the gospel. I should be doing more for the church. And, and God knows who I am. He, he, know, he puts me in the places he wants me to go. He leads the people to me that he wants me to meet. And I have to trust that. And it's easy to be a Christian in the church. But sometimes when you're at work or when you're out there with your family who don't believe, sometimes it can be hard. And I have invited people to church. I have told them my testimony. I have. And, and I've been rebuffed, you know. Do you want to come to church? No, I don't. And sometimes it's really hard and you're embarrassed to, to you know, to, to tell people 
that they need Jesus in their life. That's a hard thing to say to somebody who doesn't know um, the ways of, of, the, of, the ch- of the church. But I, I've, I've kind of got over that. I, I really believe, if, if you really believe that God is omnipotent, and we do, then I have to trust that he knows the people he's going to lead me to. He knows where he's going to, to bring me. And um, I just want to say one other thing that um, uh, we all remember JP. And JP, one of the last messages JP spoke um, before he died was, we have to ask Jesus. We have to pray for things. We have to ask Jesus for things in our life. And I remember him describing um, a dusty attic with loads of treasure. And we're not asking, asking enough the treasure is up there. It's waiting for us. All we have to do is ask for it. So it is, it is my prayer this morning that whoever is listening, that this testimony means resonates somehow with you, that, 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 it, that it will bring you closer to that, that um, journey that you're on. Because I was looking, I was searching, I was asking, I was probing, and I hope you are too. And I hope that it brings you closer to this journey. Because when you make that discovery that it's really very simple. Jesus died. He died for you. He loves you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. And when you ask him into your life, you have a peace that passes all understanding and you have a strength to go through anything that the world can throw at you. And, you know, it is throwing a lot of battles at us right now with COVID and and I feel that I've dealt with COVID maybe better than some people who don't have Jesus in their life. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, thank you and, and I hope you're blessed by the rest of, of the morning. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. God. Oh, I'm just here to share my story um, this morning. My name is Laura Dobbin. I, I am Patrick Dobbin's wife. Um, I have a beautiful baby boy at home, 10 weeks old, Jackson James. And I'm so thankful for him. And um, I just want to share my story and just testify of the Lord. And my testimony is of the grace and the mercy, the ongoing grace and mercy of the Lord upon my life. The comfort, the peace that he has provided um, he is everything, and I just want to share my story um, from where I began. Uh, I grew up in a wonderful home, fabulous parents, um, my mom, my dad, my sister, um, in Ballincollig. Um, I'm 27 years old, and when I suppose I came to know the Lord when I was in secondary school, I was invited along to a Christian union in the school through my friend Cynthia. Um, and there I was invited along to a youth group in our church, in Court Church. And it was there where I first heard the gospel. I was Catholic. We grew up Catholics. Um, but it was here in, in this church that the Lord really showed himself to me. And I really heard the, the good news of the Lord and that he died, that he saved my soul. We just sang a song. The blood has washed me white as snow. He washed me white as snow. He saved my soul. He died in my place. It should have been me, but he died in my place. And there, you, how can you not glorify him? How can you not be in awe of, of, of what he has done? And, and he loves us as far as the east is from the west. The height from the depth is, is God's love. And I just want to share that with you this morning. That's where I got saved. It's where the Lord saved my soul. And since then, it's been a journey. He has held my hand through trials. He has held my hands through the great times, the ups, the downs. Um, I married Patrick 
in 2017 and we have a beautiful son. I'm so grateful for my husband uh, this morning. Um, daily he encourages me and pushes me out and, 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 and helps me through fears. I, my greatest battle is just a fear of sickness, a fear of just being ill. And, uh, and I know that might be, uh, sound strange to some of you, but that is, that is my, that's something that I've battled with. And even in, in my own home, my husband has pushed me out, out of my comfort zone, straight out of my comfort zone into uh, what others, into serving others, into constantly pushing me out. And that's where my growth has been. The Lord has, I've grown in the Lord, not being in my comfort zone at home, staying where I feel safe and where it feels good. But he's pushed me out and stretched me wide. And I'm just so grateful for my husband this morning. He's really, really been the big, uh, greatest encouragement in my life. And um, we had a beautiful baby boy at the start of the year um, on the 8th of January. And his his birth was... <laughs> it was a difficult birth, um, uh, but God kept him. He kept him. It was only for the grace of the Lord that he kept him. Um, he had his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck five times. Um, it was an emergency C-section, how my son was born, and he just kept him. You know, if it was a natural birth, we, we, we don't even know, but the Lord knew, so he kept him. He brought him into this world. Um, shortly after, my son had to go to the NICU in the hospital. Um, they were doing some tests on him. They didn't know what was wrong with him. Um, and through that time, I found it was the hardest trial of my life. I, pr- I, was, I was praying. I was like, Lord, I love my son. I love my son. Please, Lord. I was like, please keep my son. And I remember the Lord speaking to me in that time where we were coming in and out to visit him in the NICU. And he's saying, Laura, I love your son. <laughs> You think you love your son. I love your son more than you love your son. And then, even then, I was like, and you love me more than anyone else can love me. And it's just those breakthroughs. And that is my testimony, my, my latest story of how the Lord is breaking through my life. I was in such fear about my son. And he came, I remember one morning, just before we went in to visit my son, uh, I was worshipping him. Uh, we, we played a song called, He Always Provides. And in that moment, he provided peace. I was in a depression. My husband will tell you, a deep depression. I, I felt my, over my eyes was really heavy. I couldn't lift my eyes. I didn't even want to eat. I didn't want to, to do anything. I just wanted to see my son. And in that moment, I actually felt the peace of the Lord lift the heaviness from my eyes, off my head, and brought peace and comfort. And that's how I know today, if you're going through a trial, the Lord can bring that peace and comfort and it's real into your life. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, he's really just done an amazing work and, and I've really been challenged even lately just to keep pushing out, keep, um, just to keep just being challenged, just not to stay in my comfort zone. Um, I've been at home, I'm on maternity leave and I go for walks with my son and there's this um, elderly lady that lives a couple of doors down who I've met so many times it's not we don't go for a walk on the same time but every time it's a it's a divine appointment I, I believe that the Lord sends her out and sends me out at the same time and we're getting to know each other and it's really cool because I'm sitting at home and I'm like oh we're in lockdown do you know I I'm comfortable here just at home but then he he provides ways I'm just praying with the Lord like you're walking with the Lord he provides ways to show his love 
through you to other people. And I'm just so grateful for, for that. And um, I, there's, there's a song that I wanted to just not sing, <laughs> but I wanted to share with you. Um, it's a hymn. It's my, it's my favorite hymn. And it's something that really helps me get through this fear that comes upon my life. And I remember um, when I was in college and I just started dating my husband, um, he, had he wrote me a letter. I was on my way to Spain to do some college placement and I was just in fear. I didn't want to go. I wanted to go, but then I didn't want to go. And in the end, he wrote this hymn and this hymn comes to my heart every time that I'm in fear. And it is because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And my life is worth the living just because he lives. He lives. He, my life is worth the living because he lives. I'm so grateful to the Lord. You know, nothing, all this fear and, and all these things, you know, like God is in control of it. You know, like sickness sickness is, is nothing like the Lord is in control of your life and that is just something that the Lord has been doing on my heart recently and I'm so grateful for the Lord for his love his mercy his grace his comfort he died to save my soul and this is my story thank you for listening Court Church I hope we can be together soon and that we can hug again soon <laughs> I hope you're well thank you hallelujah I couldn't help but get emotional uh, listening to my wife testifying of the goodness of God. And truly, he has been good to us. He's been good. And for everything my wife says that I am to her, she's infinitely more that to me. The security that came into my life when God gave me a woman I didn't deserve to put up with me until one of us leaves uh, this mortal coil and goes to be with him. I'm a blessed man. We're all blessed, really, in truth. Every Christian person, there's nothing special about me. If, if I was to hand this mic to anybody, even in this auditorium, they'd be able to say the same thing. Jesus came into my life and everything changed. Jesus came into my life and transformed everything. And every day, there's new mercy for me. I wake up, Lord, undeserving, and you, you meet me there with your kindness and your goodness to bless my life. And it's out of that I want to share with you really quickly before we close the service down. We've heard some amazing stories, but it's one name. I don't know if you've noticed. There's one name that is ringing through in every story, and it's the name of Jesus. Ringing through in the worship, ringing through, ringing through the ages, ringing through the history books, ringing through the halls of heaven, the name of Jesus. And my prayer is that that name would ring through your heart this morning and out of your mouth this morning. And I just want to share something with you that I, I, that really has touched me. You know, I'm not big on hymns, not a big hymn guy, uh, but I appreciate them. Uh, the Lord gave me two hymns this morning. I want to share them with you. Uh, I want to talk to you about them just for a little bit. And the first one I want to talk to you about is one called, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And listen, I think Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan did a version of this two years ago. If you're into country music, they did a version of this. Could be Neil Young. I don't know. I'm not into country music. I, I just read up. Okay. 
but it's the, the, the hymn is an old gospel hymn that used to be sung at gospel revivals all around. And so when I say gospel, I mean good news, the good news of Jesus. And I want to read it to you if I can. I want to read it to you. Listen to this. There are loved ones in the glory whose dear forms you often miss. When you close your earthly story, will you join them in their bliss? Will the circle be unbroken? By and by, by and by. Listen to this question. Is a better home awaiting in the sky, in the sky? In the joyous days of childhood, oft they told of wondrous love, pointed to the dying saviour, now they dwell with him above. Is a better home awaiting in the sky, in the sky? It goes on. Listen to this. You remember songs of heaven, which you sang with childish voice, do you love the hymns they taught you or are songs of earth your choice? You can picture happy gatherings round the fireside long ago and you think of tearful partings when they left you here below. One by one their seats are emptied. One by one they went away. Now the family is parted. Will it be complete again one day? Will the circle be unbroken? By and by, by and by. Is a better home awaiting? in the sky, in the sky. I want to speak to you today. You know, we've been going through such a difficult time. I would never want to stand up here and minimize the reality of the past year or so. COVID has touched our lives in so many different ways, brought to light so many different things. So many things are going on now. There's so much fear in society right now. We are drinking it in through media, through news sources, and we're speaking it out over it, maybe even over our own lives and the lives of others. It's hard, you know, it's hard to remember the normal. It's hard to remember the way that things were. And I want to ask you, maybe you're watching right now, and times have gotten hard. Do you find yourself returning to a childhood faith you once abandoned? See, the hymn writer is talking, he's looking back, that, that she actually is looking back at songs she used to sing, faith she used to have in the past. People who've gone on um, out of, you know, they've, they've gone on into glory and they used to sing those songs, those simple Christian songs. We've heard so many stories even today of people who've been raised in, in, in religious backgrounds. And maybe that's you. You grew up in, 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 I don't know, the Catholic church, organized religion and, and your parents, they sang those songs to you, taught them to you. Maybe they took you in, sang songs about Jesus to you and, and life went on and you grew out of religion. We heard Carol's story just there that at, by even at the age of 13, she'd grown out, if you like, of religion, grown out of it. And, and when, when the living is easy, like the song says, we don't need religion. They're just silly songs from my childhood. They're just silly songs. I'm sophisticated now. The economy is booming. I've got my job. I've got my career. I've got my second car. I've got the house I've always wanted. I've got the TV in the den and the second holiday. But now things are turning again. And do you find yourself, now that times are more difficult, trying to remember the lyrics of that song? What was that song I used to sing about Jesus and about the cross and about the love of God? Because I need hope for the future. 
I need to look, I'm looking back to try and resurrect some semblance of faith to give me hope to go on. And look at the question the gospel, the hymn writer asks, he says, is there a better home waiting in the sky? And you might be finding, you might be asking yourself, is this it? Is this all? Everything I thought I could build my life on is gone. I don't have any hope really in anything I thought I could trust. I can't trust government. I can't trust my finances. I can't trust that there'll be an economy to go back to when this is all over. And I've put my trust in things on earth, but I'm beginning to see that it's not enough. It doesn't satisfy me. It doesn't touch my heart. It doesn't fill my soul. It doesn't answer the questions that I ask myself every night when I put my head on my pillow. Is this it? Is this it? Tell me there's more. Tell me there's hope beyond this life, beyond the disappointment, beyond, I don't, I can't log in and read another article about another lockdown. I can't take it. I can't do it anymore. Is this it? Is there a better home awaiting? Is there more? I want to tell you this morning. Yes, there is. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, God has put eternity in the hearts of man. You're asking the right questions. You're asking the right questions. And I want you to know that question, is there more than just what I see here? trying to get back to some semblance of religion I used to have to give me hope. No, there's more. And it's in the name of Jesus. The only hope is in Jesus. Listen, Jesus offers that one day you will meet him in the sky. There is a kingdom coming. There is a coming king whose name is Jesus. And there is a hope. There is a kingdom that will come. God wants to bring you into heaven one day where peace and joy will reign, where there'll be be no sickness anymore. There'll be no heartbreak or loss anymore. Joy, peace, life eternal, all those things one day waiting for you in the sky. But let me tell you right now, it doesn't have to, you don't have to wait until then. One day you'll enter into that kingdom, but Jesus is here today to offer the opportunity to let that kingdom enter into you today. That kingdom one day you'll enter into. The peace and joy that's yours if you put your faith in Jesus. Jesus is here today to say, I want to put that kingdom in you. Right now, you can have abundant life. That's life to the full right now. Jesus says in John 10 that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life in its abundance. What does that mean? That means full life. That means eternal life. That means a kingdom. One day you'll enter into it, but I can. it starts now. Eternal life starts now in Jesus. Amazing, isn't it? For so many of us, our mind goes to, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not old, quote unquote, but I played basketball with a couple of teenagers a few weeks, a few days ago. I'm still recovering. Okay. So I'm not as young as I used to be. They were running circles around me. They beat me up and down the court and that's okay. That's the way it should be. Okay. You're getting older and maybe you're watching right now and, and you have got more yesterdays than tomorrows. You've, you're looking behind at a life. You've 
You've passed all the milestones that are behind you and you're looking at the winter of your life and you're, 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 you know, it's amazing the clarity that comes in when you start to realize that more people have left and gone on to glory, gone on beyond the veil of death and you're left here counting your loved ones and there's more gone than, than have stayed. More Chairs, tables, uh, chairs around tables that used to be full, now they're empty. Maybe you're watching right now and there's, there's a, a bed that used to be full and now it's empty. And there's a reality that comes in of loss and grief. Maybe for the first time you've got perspective. This is important. Family's important. Family's important. Loved ones are important. I want to tell you right now that Jesus has come to destroy the power of death so that even though people may pass on and go into glory, ultimately we'll see them again in Jesus. I want you to know that, that there's hope beyond death for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. And look, I want to get here. I'm nearly done. I want to look at the hymn my wife mentioned. I want to look at that hymn. I want to leave you with hope for the future this morning. The Gaithers wrote a song and uh, the song is called Because He Lives. Because He Lives. Listen to the lyrics. Thank God for Jesus. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my saviour lives. The Bible says that God sent his son Jesus God gave his best. Listen, you might be asking, what am I worth? Let me tell you, God gave his best. God gave his only begotten son to a world that knew him not. God gave the best of heaven to die on a cross for us. So many, we're living in an age, in a world right now where we've been confusing salvation with judgments. God comes and says, I want to save you out of what you're in, but I want you to recognize that you're in something you can't get out of. And so many of us, we don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about God and salvation and the gospel. Well, let me tell you, if you will have a moment of clarity right now and say, I'm in something I can't get out of. I've got thought patterns I can't escape from. I've got patterns in my life I can't break free from. I've got cycles in my life that I know are destroying me and I can't get out of them. Well, Jesus is the answer for you. God came to, to save sinners, broken people, people who, who, who are trapped in, in cycles, things they can't get out of. And the Bible says he lived and died to buy my pardon, that Jesus died, lived and died for us, to buy what we couldn't buy. Jesus lived the life we, we could never live and died the death we should have died. And now there's hope for you because the tomb is empty. Listen, look at the chorus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Life is worth living because God sent his son to die for my sins, to die for me, to die in my place. And now... Because he lives, because death couldn't hold me, death couldn't hold him, death will not hold me. The love that sent the Savior to a cross is the same love that will fill your heart and break the power of sin and death and the grave out of your life. Listen, you, all you need to do is put your faith in the Son of God who came and died in your place.
It's not about trying to dig yourself out. It's not about another self-help, whatever. It's not about that. It's about digging your, it's about praying and asking Jesus into your life. Jesus, come. Jesus, you came to destroy the power of death. Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That there is hope beyond death for you this morning. Whatever you're in, just call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me, God. I I sinned. I failed. I've been trying to run my life, but I ran it into the ground. Can you touch me? Can you pick me up? Can you set me free this morning? And God will touch you and God will set you free. Put your faith in the Savior who died on a cross for you. And it's as simple as that. And I just want to pray right now as the worship band comes up. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to help you through a simple prayer that could touch your life, that will change everything, that will give you a hope uh, this morning. Pray with me this morning. And, and, And you're watching and you may be feeling... You know, maybe, Pat, that's a lot. But I want you to just take this part in. If you'll call on Jesus, he'll come. If you call on him, he'll save. He'll pick you up out of whatever it is you're in. And he'll bring you into a kingdom that has no end. And he'll take that kingdom and put it in you. Peace and joy that the world can't offer. Pray with me right where you are. I want you to be bold. And maybe there's other people around you, but I want you to phase them out. And I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray. I'm going to pray and I'm going to lead you. And you pray too. You pray too. Speak it out. Don't be afraid. Close your eyes if it helps you to focus. Let's go. Lord Jesus, I believe, Lord, that God, you loved me enough to send your best. I believe, Lord, that you sent your son to die for me. God, I acknowledge it. I am a sinner. I am a sinner, Lord. I have to acknowledge that there's things in my life, Lord God, pursuits, mentalities, things I say and do, things I don't say and don't do. And I'm in a hole and it's sin. I can't get out of it, Lord. And I don't want to be afraid of that word, Lord, because you didn't come to condemn the world. You came to save it, Lord. I need need to be saved. Save me, Lord. I believe you died for me. Save me, God. I'm putting my faith in you. My faith is in you, Jesus. Lord, take my life. Use it. Be the Lord of my life. I don't want control. I'm giving you control. I don't want to live by my own word. I'm giving authority to you and to your word. I want you to be Lord and I want to follow your word. Now, God, fill me with your spirit to give me the power to live for you. I can't do it on my own. I can't dig myself out. I can't pay for my own sins. I can't medicate my way there. Psychology won't do it. I need you to fill me with your spirit so I can live. I want to be born again by the spirit of God today right where you are. If you can pray that from your heart, God will meet you there by his spirit and fill you and you will be born again. You will be transformed. It doesn't all happen in a day, right? You're saved, you're a child of God. But every day, if you will go to God, 
and ask him for the power to continue to live the way he's called us to live. God, give me grace today. He'll meet you. And I want to encourage you to get connected to a church. We want to hear from you. If you've been touched by the service this morning, we want to hear from you. Will you send a message? Maybe on the Prayer Life at Cork Church page on Facebook, send a message. Say, I heard something and it touched me. Will you pray for me? Will you, will you call me? Will you do something? Will you do that? Connect. We want to hear from you. We want to walk that journey with you in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I hope you were blessed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thanks for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.